0: Well, good morning to each one. Greetings in Jesus' name. It's good to see each one of you here this morning. And I too want to welcome the visitors who are here with us. We're glad you're here. And invite you to join in and worship the Lord with us today. I trust that we will be blessed as we look into the Word of God today. This morning for a message, I invite you to Matthew chapter 5. Now Josh mentioned that I'm back to normal, and uh, he may be stretching it just a little bit, but, uh, and maybe I am, because before surgery I certainly wasn't normal, so uh, it's hard to know when I'm actually better, because so many years I, um, limped and hurt and so forth and so. But I too am thankful for what God has done for me and and the healing, God has been so good. For a message, I want to consider the words of Jesus in verse three of Matthew chapter five. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Here in Matthew five, Jesus is teaching the multitudes Today, we will be focusing on verse three. In the future, I plan to share a message on each of the Beatitudes. And so, my title for today is simply, Blessed are the poor in spirit. In the previous chapter, chapter four, we have the account of Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. In the middle of the chapter, Jesus calls Peter, Andrew, James, and John And the chapter ends with, I'll start reading in verse 23 of Matthew 4, it gives us a picture here of Jesus and where he was in his ministry, and Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness, and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people, that were taken with divers diseases and torments, and those who were possessed with devils, and those who were lunatic, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee and 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 Decapolis, and from Jerusalem, and from Judea, and from beyond Jordan. And so we see the picture, Jesus healing the people, and the great multitudes that were following him. And then chapter five begins with, and seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus introduces the first beatitude by saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. Today, we want to learn what it means to be poor in spirit. Now poverty of spirit is certainly not a quality that comes naturally to us and it's not a quality that is esteemed in our world today. Our culture, our world emphasizes and appreciates things like self-reliance, self-confidence, self-expression. However, regardless of our human tendencies and what the world says that we should do. If we take this verse at face value, we will see that poverty of spirit is absolutely essential for us to be right with God. It's absolutely essential for us to be righteous in his eyes. It's essential for us to experience present and future blessing. I believe the first words of this sermon are key to the verses that follow. I believe they also are key to embracing the entire sermon. Why? Because poverty of spirit is the fundamental characteristic of the Christian and all other godly characteristics that follow are built upon being poor in spirit. This morning I want to begin by looking at what poor in spirit is not. And the first one I have under that Poor in spirit is not self-righteousness. I invite you to turn to Luke chapter 18. I'd like to read 9 through 14. Now we're looking at what poor in spirit is not. Luke 18:9, and he spake this parable unto certain which trusteth in themselves, that they were righteous and despised others. Verse 10, two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee, and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week, I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house house justified, rather than the other. For every one that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Now verse nine brings out what poor in spirit is not. Poor in spirit is not trusting in themselves and priding in their own righteousness. These folks had an attitude that they were better than others, that they were more righteous. And so Jesus taught them this parable to help them understand. Now, the Pharisee reminds me of the peacock. You all know what a peacock is, children? You know what a peacock is? Well, as a young teenager, my first real job, I say real job, was working on a dairy farm. And on that farm roamed a flock of peafowl. They were not kept in a pen. They roamed wherever they so pleased. And so every spring, the male birds, the peacocks, they would strut. They would find a spot on the farm and they would just strut for hours on end. And they would blow up that tail of beautiful feathers and they would just strut, same spot for hours. And not only would they strut, they'd also holler out that loud, obnoxious peacock noise. But I found it interesting how obsessed they became with themselves. They loved to see their reflection. They They would go up to a chrome bumper on a vehicle and they would pace back and forth in front of that chrome bumper. And worse yet, they like to jump up on the hoods of vehicles and just to see the reflection in the windshield. And they'd, they'd go back and forth just looking at themselves. Well, the Pharisee here was obsessed with himself. He had a bad case of eye trouble. He was strutting his own righteousness It was obvious to him that he was more righteous than others. I fast twice a week. I give tithes. Notice what Jesus said. He said he was praying with himself. He was praying with himself. Yes, he was praying, he was making noise, but Jesus said he was just doing it with himself. You see, the opposite of poor in spirit is pride in spirit, proud in spirit. Pride is a sin that 1 John tells us is not of God. 1 John 2, 16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Pride, self-righteousness, trusting in ourselves, a better than thou attitude is not poor in spirit. All right, number two. What poor in spirit is not, poor in spirit does not mean financial poverty. It's not a matter of money, how much or how little. Now some would believe and teach that Jesus is teaching financial poverty here. And it is true that money can be a snare for us spiritually. Jesus had a lot to say on the subject of money and riches. In fact, it's been said that he talked more about money and finances than any other thing. However, how much money that we have or don't have is not the question here. You know, you and I could be flat broke and yet we may not be poor in spirit. The real issue of poor in spirit, as we will see, has to do with the heart. Okay, number three, what poor in spirit is not. Being poor in spirit does not mean being biblically illiterate. Second Timothy 2.15 is a very familiar passage. It says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Paul is encouraging Timothy to be a student of the word of God, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, Bible knowledge is so helpful and necessary in our growth as Christians. Not so that we can argue theology, not so that we can sound good in Sunday school, but so that we can obey and apply the word to our lives. All right, what poor in spirit is not. Number four, being poor in spirit does not mean thinking poorly of ourselves. It doesn't mean that we live in a state of discouragement or depression. You know some think that if they put themselves down enough they will be poor in spirit. That is not God's plan. God doesn't want us to think poorly of ourselves. He wants us to think properly of ourselves as we will see here in a few minutes. There's a vast difference in thinking poorly of ourselves and thinking properly of ourselves. And so If poor in spirit is not self-righteousness, if it isn't being financially poor, biblically illiterate, or thinking poorly of ourselves, then what is it? Well, we'll get to that in just a minute. But back to our verse, back to our verse. I want to notice now the blessing and the promise. Blessed or happy is the current emotion of the poor in spirit. You know, happy is a light word in our day today. I'm happy, you're happy, we're all happy. But here it has a deeper and richer meaning. It has the thought of supremely blessed and fortunate. But notice, the blessing does not stop with the present. And the last part of the verse is the promise, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The Kingdom of Heaven is a unique title only found in the Gospel of Matthew. And I didn't realize that till I began to study this message. But the other Gospels use the term Kingdom of God. But Matthew uses the term Kingdom of Heaven. Matthew presents Jesus as the Savior and King prophesied in the Old Testament. And it's interesting that the kingdom of God is twofold, or the kingdom of heaven is twofold. You know, Jesus prayed, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus said in Luke 7, verse 21, that the kingdom of God is already here. He said, Jesus said, Behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And then we have Daniel and his visions and what he saw. You know, Daniel, he saw a kingdom that is yet to come. And I'd like to read from Daniel, I'd like to read two verses as we think of, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What are we looking forward to? Turn to Daniel chapter seven, I'd like to read 13 and 14. So what is going to be theirs? Well, let's read here. This is Daniel's vision, Daniel seven thirteen and 14. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven, and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given unto him dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all people, nations, and languages should serve him, His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. Don't you want to be part of that kingdom? You know, the kingdom of heaven will be fully realized and established when Christ comes back as king and ruler of all the earth. That is the promise. That is our hope. That is what Jesus is offering to those that are poor in spirit. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. And so now, we looked at what poor in spirit is not. We looked at the the blessing. We looked briefly at the promise. So what is poor in spirit? In the New Testament, there are two Greek words that are translated poor and I'm not gonna try to pronounce them, I'll save you all that, but the first speaks of a person for whom life is a struggle. And the second speaks of absolute poverty, being destitute, bankrupt. That is the word that is used here in the first beatitude. To be poor in spirit means that we are spiritually bankrupt. It's understanding for by grace, Are you saved through faith? And not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. One commentator said, to be poor in spirit is not to lack courage, but to acknowledge spiritual bankruptcy. It confesses one's unworthiness before God and utter dependence on him. Now, earlier we looked at the Pharisee and his prayer That, we said, is what poor in spirit is not. But in the same story, we have the publican and his prayer, which is an example of what poor in spirit is all about. And so, if you would, just turn back to Luke 13. We'll look now at the publican for just a moment here. Luke 18, and I'll read 13. I read it once, but I'll read it again. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes into heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Standing afar off, he stood back in humility. He would not look up into heaven. He beat his breast as an expression of deep sorrow for his sinfulness. His prayer was not elegant, it was not long. All that he could say is, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And notice what Jesus said. He said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted the publican went home justified, just as he had never sinned, not because of the right things that he had done, but because he had a right heart. He was poor in spirit. This is what poor in spirit is all about. And so now I'd like to talk about, and so how can I know? You know, how can I know if I am poor in spirit? How can we know? I mean, we understand that it's important. How can I know if I'm there? And so we have a few points we wanna look at. The first one is, the poor in spirit have a broken and contrite heart. I'd like for you to turn to Psalm 51, if you would. All of Psalm 51 is good, I wish we had time to read it all, but but we will read 14 through 17, Psalm 51, the Psalm of David, 51, 14, deliver me from blood guiltness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou desirest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. You know, we understand the need for brokenness at conversion. God be merciful to me, a sinner. We acknowledge before God that we are spiritually bankrupt. We cannot save ourselves. We need the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ. And while brokenness at conversion is so wonderful, it doesn't stop there. We now must walk in newness of life. Notice what the psalmist says. My tongue is now speaking and singing of God's righteousness. My lips are speaking forth his praise. I understand that sacrifices and works alone do not bring glory to God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is an attitude of one that is of a broken and contrite heart. And I found that word contrite interesting. I looked it up and one of the definitions had the thought of collapsed, a collapsed heart. How can I know if I'm poor in spirit? The second one, the poor in spirit are humble. Turn if you would to Isaiah chapter 66. I'd like to read one and two. Now this this part of my message parallels with our Sunday school lesson. Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye build unto me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things hath mine hand made and all those things have been, saith the Lord. But to, but to this man will I look even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my words. <coughs> the last phrase there, trembling at God's word. You know, does God's word mean something to you this morning? You know, when you read it, what does it do for you? Poor in spirit. The poor in spirit are humble. To be poor in spirit means the absence of spiritual pride. You know, pride says, look at me and how good I am. Humility says that any goodness in me comes from God. Pride causes us to compare ourselves among ourselves, which the Bible tells us is not wise. Humility causes us to compare ourselves with God. Humility says, search me, O God, and try my heart. Humility understands that if we are better and more righteous than others, it is because of God's grace and mercy. It's not of ourselves, It is the gift of God. As we think of humility and pride, you know, pride is so subtle. Pride is so subtle that if we are not careful, we can become proud of our humility. You know, and that can happen so quickly. We can so easily become like the Sunday school teacher who having told the story of the Pharisee and the public and said, children, Let's bow our heads and thank God that we are not like the Pharisee. But that's pride, it's so deceptive. If you're still in Isaiah, you can turn over to chapter 57. Isaiah 57 verse 15, as we think of humility isaiah fifty seven fifteen for thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth the eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble, and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. And then again, three verses from our Sunday school lesson, first Peter five, five through seven. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Clothed with humility, humbling yourselves under the hand of God. And then, that makes it possible that we can cast all our care upon him. Number three, how can I know if I'm poor in spirit? The poor in spirit are dependent on God. Jesus said, take no thought for the morrow what you shall eat, neither for the body what you shall put on. I had to think back to the Israelites, back to the wilderness experience. Forty years in the wilderness, this huge group of people, totally depended on God. They depended on God each day for food. They depended on God each day for water. They depended on God each day for protection. And as we know, God daily provided, not weekly, not yearly, but daily. He daily supplied their needs. You know, the Israelites had no choice but to take one day at a time. And you know, as I thought about that, I had to think we really don't either. Jesus said, take no thought for your life. Just like the Israelites, we must look to God to daily supply our spiritual and physical needs. I had to think of the old Negro spiritual. It says, we need him every day in every hour. And as you go through that song you have all the times that we need God. We need him in the morning, need him in the noonday, need him in the evening, we need him in the night. The poor in spirit learn to walk with God, expressing continual dependence. They don't trust in themselves, they recognize their ongoing need of God turn to Psalm 121. I'd like to read the complete psalm as we think about depending on God and what that may look like. Psalm 121 I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil, he shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in, from this time forth and even forevermore. This Psalm is a beautiful picture of one that is totally dependent on God. All right, now I wanna consider, so how can I be poor in spirit? How can I cultivate this virtue in my heart? I have two short points under this, but the first one is simply draw near to God. If you're still in the book of Psalms, you can turn over to Psalm 73. I'd like to read verse 28. How can I become poor in spirit? Psalm 73, 28. But it is good for me to draw near to God. And how do we do that? Look at the rest of the verse. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. Draw near to God, putting our trust in him and then declaring his works. And then if you would turn over to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, another verse that encourages us to draw near. Hebrews 10, verse 22. It says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Draw near with a heart, a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. I like that thought of drawing near with a true heart, true humility, and then letting God, letting the blood of Jesus cleanse us and make us pure. And then the second point I have under this is So how can I become poor in spirit? The second point I have is learn of Jesus Christ. And if you would, turn to Matthew chapter 11. I'd like to read 28, 29, and 30. This is a very familiar passage. And often when we read this passage, we focus on verse 28 about coming unto Jesus all that labor and are heavy laden and Christ given us rest. But I want to focus more on verse 29, Matthew 11:28 28 through 30. Again, it's the words of Jesus. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls." For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Here Jesus gives the invitation to come unto him. But it doesn't stop with just coming unto Christ. There's a progression here. Verse 29, come unto him and then learn of me. And notice what we're to learn. I am meek and lowly in heart. That is what Christ is wanting us to learn of him. Learn of his meekness. Learn of his lowly heart. And then we will find that rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Draw near to God and learn of Jesus Christ. And let his word, let Jesus' teachings, teach you how to become poor in spirit. We're not going to find it in ourselves. It just will not work. We must learn of of Jesus, and we must draw near to God. We need to go to the source. Well, today we have looked at one of the greatest paradoxes in Scripture. And I don't know about you, but when I first considered the phrase, poor in spirit, My mind pictured a poor, quiet, depressed person living in poverty. And, you know, Jesus giving his blessing upon such a one. But but as I studied, I learned that it's far from that. You know, poor in spirit is an humble and contrite heart, as we see, that is singing out the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light singing out the praises just like it said in Psalm 51 singing sharing his word, singing his praises you know this afternoon we're looking forward to a to our annual hymn sing and that is a time where we can express our poor spirit poor in spirit alright I want to close by reading Psalm 34, I'd like for you to turn there. You know, today we have considered the words of Jesus, blessed are the poor in spirit. I trust that the words of this psalm could be our desire and testimony as we seek to live out the words of Christ. Psalm 34, and you will notice the expressions throughout this psalm of one, that has a humble and contrite heart. He's not a quiet person. He's not a person living off by himself, but he's someone that is expressing a testimony of, for God, for Jesus Christ. Psalm 34, verse one. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him, and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him, and delivereth them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life, and loveth many days, that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil, and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servant, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. We'll call for a closing song.